0: Hey, guys, this is our podcast, Mags and Dad's Wholesome Chaos. And thank you guys so much for taking some time out of your day to spend it with us and listening to this episode.
1: That is Maggie Thurman coming to you from Los Angeles, TikTok superstar, actress extraordinaire, and also my daughter. How you doing today, Mags?
0: I'm doing good. And my co-host is my dad, Dan Thurman, motivational speaker, TikToker. Um, and yeah, we've also got two other people in the studio. My mom, Shelia Thurman, Shay Thurman. Um, she goes by both. And my brother, Eddie Thurman. You've got
1: the whole Thurman family once again today, and we're so glad to be a part of your life. Thank you for... Um, Listening to this podcast where we hope to bring you some laughs as well as some ideas that you could use in your life and with your family to just do life a little bit better, make it happen. So what's and this
0: is episode 30. I yeah, 30 episodes. Incredible
1: 30 weeks. I remember when it was episode 10 and I brought in the balloon with the 10 on it to like celebrate episode 10 with you in the studio. That seems like it was that. 20 episodes ago.
0: <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> I
1: know, I know. Time flies when you're making podcasts.
0: So, I I watched a movie last night. I um <laughs> I had some friends over. We've done this thing a few times where a few of my friends come over and we like bake together or cook dinner and then watch a movie or something. It's it's really wholesome. We just come over, we go grocery shopping together and then we cook together and last time we made a pie for Thanksgiving that we spent a long long time on and it turned out to be soup. It was really not good. <laughs> so we decided to have another go at it. We made some really good um marinara and ricotta and kale pasta along that with some good. I yeah, I baked some carrots. Um, and then we had ice cream for dessert, and it was really good. Um, well, this
1: is because Blythe is actually in cooking school, right?
0: Yeah, she's a culinary student. A culinary um, student. And the last time she, when she made the pie, I have this theory where I've always been like, are we sure she's a culinary student?
1: Yeah, right. Because
0: <laughs> has anyone ever seen her cook? Um, <laughs> for all we know, she could be buying these things she gives to us.
1: Well, um, yesterday was a little th- more successful, huh?
0: Yeah. And then it was like, okay, the one time we did see her cook, we made a pie and it was terrible. And so I I had my skepticism, but yesterday turned out really good. And afterwards we decided to watch a movie. It took us a long time to decide on what to watch. Um, And finally, see, I hate that it was even my idea. I was like, you know what movie I've wanted to see for a long time. I don't know a ton about it, but I know Florence Pugh's in it and I, I, I think she's great. Um, and I I suggested Midsummer, and two of two of the people here had seen it, and then the other two of us had not.
1: I haven't heard and about so it. The, what is it? You that? haven't
0: heard about it? No. Okay, this is where I wanted Eddie to chime in because Eddie, have you seen Midsummer?
1: I
2: haven't seen it, but I've heard of it, and yeah, it's it looks really cool,
0: y'all. Sc- scarred, like i I expected it to be more psychologically like messed up without without giving away anything because this is kind of what I knew beforehand was it's about a cult it's about like a cult society where like new people come into it like outsiders and you kind of like experience their lifestyle and stuff like that. Nobody told me how graphic it was oh no where we literally we finished this movie. It's like 1030 or whatever. And I was so mad at everyone because I was like, you guys knew what this movie was. We watched it. And now all of you are going to leave me. And I have to like you try and go to sleep. It. I know. But that's because I love Florence Pugh, not because I, yeah, I like awesome. seeing scary things.
3: Well,
1: at least you had your friends with you for a little while as you were watching it.
0: Yeah, I went to sleep um,
3: wasn't playing wasn't like New the Girl. unbreakable
0: Kimmy Schmidt? No, I, I played New Girl. They that that calmed me down a little bit. I played New Girl until I was too tired to keep my eyes open. Totally,
3: that's our that's our go to show when um when we watch something disturbing. Maggie and I will put on New Girl.
0: <laughs> I love New Girl.
3: It's yeah. one of my
2: favorite shows. Maggie, did you know what Midsummer was about at all, or like the type of vibe that it was going to be before you watched it?
0: I did, and I've seen certain scenes from it, like. This one scene that was, like, really gross, I guess. And I expected that to be the worst part. And it just wasn't in the slightest. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. There was this one thing in particular that happens pretty early on that's just, like, super-duper graphic. Mm -hmm. And I literally was on this couch, like, yelling at my friends, like, you didn't tell me that was going to happen. And I was under the covers, like, with my ears closed, singing be happy by dixie d'amelio because that was putting me in a better place Uh. (laughs) Um, it was like the only thing i was doing to calm down um and then and then they're like it's over it's over so i came back up and then i think it was three more times throughout the movie they like flashed back to it and every time i just started screaming and i'm usually not that annoying person like i'm usually okay with horror but it was terrifying like Oh my goodness, certain images you can never unsee. So, but listen, Florence did an amazing job.
1: Yeah, I'm sure she did. But listen, this is wholesome chaos. And we don't want to start by talking about like horrific, very graphic, ugly movies. So, let me just close this little segment here with a little public service announcement for our parents and kids out there who are listening. You know, be very careful about what you watch because what you put mm-hmm. in your brain, you can't unsee. And so, uh, yeah, just use that filter. That's-
0: that's something I think I've become a lot more aware of as I've gotten older, Yeah. where when I was younger, it was kind of like, okay, how far can we push the limits so I can watch everything, even though, like, people don't want me to watch it, like, scary things or older things, and now I'm just, I've always known that, like, visual things stick with me, um, and I feel like now, I hadn't watched a horror movie in a long time, and again, that wasn't really a horror movie, it was, like, a psychological, um, like, cult movie, but... I'm a lot more aware of that where it's not like, okay, I want to see everything I can just because I can. Now it's like, no, I want to be conscious of what I put in my mind. Yes. Because it does stick with you. 100%. So Maggie, a hundred percent.
3: And a really fun thing to do to take your mind off stuff is maybe go check out Girlfriend Collective and do a little shopping.
0: I love shopping. So that is an incredible idea. And I love shopping with Girlfriend Collective.
1: Look at mom with know. the segues.
0: I know. The whole family's in on
1: a Segway act now. That's awesome. (laughs) Eddie, you're going to be up soon.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Working out is hard enough as it is I think we can agree on that so you might as well make what you're wearing an easy decision girlfriend collective makes sustainable soft supportive activewear that feels as good as it looks so you can look forward to moving your body girlfriend collective creates responsibly sourced activewear for everyone from size extra extra small to 6xl I love this brand guys um they've got you covered from head to toe you can find pants with different compression levels for ultimate comfort supportive and soft bras and underwear workout dresses joggers sweats beanies and even cute slide sandals literally anything you could want and girlfriend collective makes their items your go-to staple colors but also they have fun and bright colors and new seasonal releases to choose from they also this is so cool when i when i read about this I, like, I don't know a lot of brands that do this, but they have a garment take-back program called ReGirlfriend. So once you're done loving your pieces, which will be a long, long time from now, you can send them back to be upcycled into new girlfriend gear.
1: How cool is that? Yeah. Right? So cool.
0: Uh, so you can feel good in what you wear, whatever you're doing with Girlfriend Collective. And for listeners of this show, Girlfriend Collective is offering $25 off of a purchase of $100 or more when you go to girlfriend.com slash chaos. That's $25 off $100 or more when you go to girlfriend.com slash chaos. Girlfriend.com slash chaos.
1: Do they make stuff for guys too, Maggie?
0: Um, beanies and slides.
1: Okay. Well, I could use some (laughs) some new workout outfits because I put on a few extra pounds. Not a lot, but just a little, you know, it's those annoying pounds that I can't get rid of or I need to get rid of because when you do handstand pushups and acrobatics in your fifties, every few pounds really counts. Mm. Yeah. So
0: I think that means more pickleball. Yep. And, you know, California is an amazing place to play. I've been bugging my parents so much about coming to California to visit me.
1: <laughs> but you said not till March, right?
0: No, I think. Uh... Next week? <laughs> not next week. Next week is a little busy. But I'm getting mixed February... signals here.
1: You want us to come? You don't want us to come?
0: February would be good. Just give me, like, at least two weeks of a heads up so I can, like, not book anything for that week. You know what I mean?
1: Got it. Got it. Actually, I actually have I think a trip coming up. Come out. I have a trip coming up this week with Eddie, which I'm really excited about. Where we're going to be flying yeah. to Oregon, and um, I'm speaking for AOL. AOL.
0: Uh, that's exciting.
1: Yeah, I know. It's the the Association of Oregon Loggers.
0: Oh. Yeah, that
1: I don't that AOL. <laughs> but but we're flying familiar. into Eugene, Oregon. We're renting a car. We're driving for two hours. We're going to a casino. Um, which is going to be pretty cool. And then I'm speaking there for a great group. I mean, these are amazing people, and they do incredible work and, you know, planting forests and harvesting forests and finding a sustainable way to create some, you know, lumber, which everybody needs in uh, mm-hmm. in the world. Um, but the, I was going to tell you a story about, you know, I've traveled a lot with with you and also with Eddie. I'd say Eddie's been on more trips with me for work to various places. Right, Eddie? Like, I mean, lots of them, too. New Orleans and Vegas and just Florida, lots of times, whatever. It's like,
2: uh, yeah, like everywhere. I, I don't know. So many places Philly, Canada.
1: Uh, yeah, Canada. That's true. Yeah. But what, what this trip that's coming up caused me to think about, Eddie, was when we went to um, the Mohegan Sun, which is in Connecticut. Uh, and you were young. I forget. You were like maybe 10 or 12, if that. I was. Yeah. I think I was like 12. Okay, yeah, so so we could fly in, and there's a freak snowstorm while we're there, as as we're getting to the casino, we well, the next day, the next morning, there's a snowstorm. I take my case out, because I ship my props ahead of time with my unicycle, all my props, everything, so it's, you know, I don't have to take it with me on the flight. Well, I open it up, and my six-foot unicycle has a flat tire, and it's like, oh, I can't use this in the show, I don't have a spare tube, and so... We were like, "What are we going to do?" We had like an hour and a half before sh- my speech time. Yeah. Well, we just so happened to be with the manager of the whole Mohegan Sun. He was like, "I don't even know why he was just hanging out at the hotel room." And he enjoyed meeting you. And and he was like, "Well, I've got a car. What's open?" We're like, "Well, there's a maybe we could find a Walmart, 24 hour Walmart." Yes, we're gonna go. Um, we need. What do you need? I need a tube and I need a pump. And then, so Eddie, he's like, Eddie's like, all right, Eddie, you're coming with me. And so Eddie, Kate went with the manager in his car. They drove in the snow. I don't even think you had a coat on.
2: I don't remember.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So he comes back and now it's getting close to showtime. And I start getting the unicycle tire put back together and inflated and I'm putting it all on. And as they're introducing me, I literally had just put the chains on, but nothing was tight yet. And so I mm-hmm. handed Eddie the wrench, and I said, "Okay, Eddie, just tighten this here, and this here, and this here. And once that's snug, and the chain's ready, just tighten these, and then we're good to go. Put it all back together, and be ready for your cue." And sure enough, during the speech, when I needed the unicycle, I asked him for it, and I'm, I'm you know, getting ready to get on this thing, thinking, "I hope he, I hope he put it together properly." <laughs> and then you I said, I, "He was like 12." Yeah, it was. It was a growing moment.
2: Yeah, I'm not like a mechanic or a that <laughs> type of person at all. That's the first and only time I've ever worked on <laughs> And you were also uh, like 12. Yeah, so, I was 12 years old. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I literally mount the unicycle on the front of the stage and I start riding into the audience like I do. And on Mike, I don't even, even know if you remember this, but I was like, good job, Eddie. Like, oh, I remember
2: that. <laughs> I totally remember.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's so, wild. So hopefully that doesn't happen again. We'll definitely check the unicycle the night before this time.
2: Yeah,
0: I've been traveling a lot more lately and I've been spending more time in airports and so many things don't make sense to me about airports. I realize also I get I can get very irritable in airports because I it, it's like it's high stakes because everyone's trying to get somewhere but it's also like maybe it doesn't need to be that high of stakes. You know what I mean? Everyone's just a little stressed. Um, people will like go out of their way to get four feet in front of you or just like, oh my gosh, I was, (laughs) okay. Question for you, for mom, for Eddie, for anybody listening, do you expect people to walk on a moving sidewalk?
1: Well, I expect them to walk on the left or stand on the right, but you don't stand in the middle.
0: Oh, my goodness. I was behind an entire family of, like, six people who were just all completely blocking. Absolutely no way to get across on a long moving sidewalk. And I was like.
1: Oh, that's frustrating. I,
0: I literally had the thought, because I didn't have a bag with me. I just had my backpack. I was like, I could jump off this moving sidewalk right now. I could hop the rail. And walk because people who were just regular walking were passing us so quickly.
1: And Sometimes I, like, I do I, that. If I, I kind of eyeball the moving sidewalk and I think to myself, I can beat that. And I walk to the, you know, because I see how people are walking on the moving sidewalk. But generally, I love moving sidewalks because you get yeah. that almost superhero feeling of like, yeah, I'm walking, but I'm moving so much faster.
0: It's like the feeling you get when you get off of a treadmill after you've been walking for a long time, oh. and you're like, "I'm I'm walking so quickly." Um, <laughs> but yeah, that was <laughs> that was one thing where I was like, "Why?" And then I literally took a picture when I was at the airport because I thought this was funny. Where I was waiting, um, and somebody else had bought my ticket, so I was like group one uh which like usually I'm not group one when I board things but I was like that's so nice and they literally I'm sitting out front and they go over the PA announcements or whatever and they're like hey guys just like a reminder we're not gonna board for a few minutes so um please don't line up in front and like everyone gets up and forms a line right out front and I took a picture of it because I was like you look so silly right now (laughs) you look so silly but sure enough Then when they said group one, I went over there and nobody would let me in line. So I ended up boarding with like group three or four. And I was like,
1: (laughs) no, when you're group one, you got to make your way to the front.
0: Or people could just follow the rules and listen. If you're out front, they're not going to take off without you. Um, But there was that. And the last thing that doesn't make sense to me is why don't we board the back of the plane first?
1: some some airlines do that and used to do that there's different boarding procedures different boarding philosophies but in general you got to let your like premier people your first class people on ahead of time because of the overhead bins so you could store stuff
2: now what yeah. if they made the back of the plane first class so that they could board first and it would also be the back of the plane and then they oh. also oh well but then i guess they'd have to well, exit last or it's at the end you just make everybody
1: sit down and watch all the first class people walk past them.
0: Oh, yeah. that would not go well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember yeah. I remember my first experience. What's what's the airline where you don't get to pick your seats beforehand? Um,
1: Southwest, I think you're thinking. Southwest. Of the, yes. Yeah.
0: Yes. I remember my first time on Southwest. I think it was my only time on Southwest. Um, and like I walked on, I think it was you and me flying dad, but we like walked differently. Um or it might have been the whole family. And I like asked this girl um if if someone was sitting there and she just ignored me. And I was like, ma'am, ma'am, like is, is someone sitting there? And people will ignore you because they don't want you to sit next to them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ma'am, you are you are 45. I bet you have children. <laughs> like imagine if I was if your child went on a plane and someone ignored them just because they didn't want anyone next to them. Like that's so mean. Uh- <laughs>
1: You know, I think people just are, in general, like you said, they're a little extra stressed when they're traveling. Yeah. No, You know, they're not at their best. And you're right. It doesn't have to be that way. If everybody was just a little bit more cool, empathetic, understanding of one another, especially yeah. when they're in travel mode. But it's that whole, like, I don't want to miss anything. I always feel like I'm a little late. And especially when you yeah. are late. That's why
0: Yeah. when
1: you leave room for error, man, it just takes a lot of the stress out of the whole situation.
0: And I feel like we've we've flown together like family flying and there's been people who are vocal where they're like, guys, like I'm I'm really late, I'm gonna miss my flight and we of course we're like, Go ahead, like yes, go in front of us. We don't want you to miss your flight. But I feel like ninety percent of the time that's not the case. And it was just people rushing so they can so they can sit down and, and wait some more. <laughs>
2: Yeah. That I'm really the, is what airports are. <laughs> I'm the kind of person that will get there and be almost be late for my flight, but just be too, like, anxious to say anything to anyone. It's like, mm, I, I don't want to no, do yeah. that. I just want to, <laughs> I guess, roll the dice, see what happens.
0: No, I get that. <laughs> yeah, but also just say
3: excuse me, pardon me, because you're saying the people were blocking your way, you know, on the moving sidewalk and, uh, you know, on the flight or whatever just say excuse me because people may not realize that they're blocking or that they're supposed to stand to the right. I didn't know that till I was about 30. Not that I did it because I usually move, but, you know, just excuse me. Then if they're rude, okay, then that's on them. They're ugly, nasty people.
0: <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah, I remember, Dad, I remember when you and I went to Singapore and we had a few different layovers. We had a layover in Tokyo, and then, like, we actually got to Singapore. And every airport we were in, I would ask you, I'd be like, okay, um, do, do people walk on the right or the left here? Because in America, <laughs> we're used to, like, right side is where you walk because that is how we drive. In the U.K., you drive on the left side. And so in my brain, then, like, you would walk on the left side. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I just wanted to be prepared, like, in Tokyo where I was like, okay, are we walking on the right or the left? Turns out doesn't matter because nobody else is asking those questions.
1: <laughs> <laughs> They're all just trying to get, get ahead. You know, yeah. and, and to your point, what mom said about like just saying, excuse me or asking a question or just standing up for yourself. You know, that's a really big skill. And Eddie, you mentioned being anxious and I think it comes from a, um, a thought that maybe I'll be perceived as being rude or being a jerk or being dismissive of someone. But if you know what you want to express and you just do it in a way that's congruent and, you know, you're not going to be perceived that way. One time I asked somebody, I was like, you know, I had something to say that was very truthful, very honest, and I just said it and it was in a board meeting. Right. And afterward I said, you know, was I perceived as kind of like a jerk when I said that? And they said, well, no, you weren't because everybody knows you're not a jerk, you know? And so it's the intention behind the, whatever you're saying, that always comes through. So just be nice but as you ask for and fight for what you want.
0: Yes, but also those people in that room knew your character. You know what I mean? And I've definitely said things sometimes. We're all just I, – <laughs> I, I also just – I I tend to think a lot where I'll, I'll say, like, excuse me or something, and then I'm like, oh, that did sound a little pushy. And it's like you can't really go back and be like – hi i I didn't mean that to sound aggressive or pushy. It's kind of like oh, the moment's past. um but no, I do agree that there there's a way to go about it um, and just like as a rule of thumb, be kind to everyone, <laughs> you know, like be be kind to strangers, be kind even like even with the people you never think you'll see again
1: um mm-hmm. and you're right in that example, those people did know me, but I think even when you're among strangers, when you come across sincere um and and honestly. Don't underestimate the power of a smile. People feel like when I smile, it puts me more at risk or exposes me. But no, it's it's a way to just express an intention. And for most of us, our resting faces aren't that pleasant. And so you have to you have yeah. to put on a pleasant face as you go in to interact with people, or even sometimes as you're just walking down the street, just smile at people and notice how they like. It doesn't freak them out. They actually enjoy it.
0: I'm a, I'm a big smiler. I smile, like, for as long as I can remember. I feel like I've smiled at people just so they know, like, you know, like, it's okay. Like, we're, we're all, <laughs> everything's okay.
3: Early on in um, our
1: marriage, in fact, mom had a, a game about that. Tell, tell them about that.
3: I used to play a game to, to, whenever I'd go out shopping in a grocery store or whatever, to see how many smiles I could collect during that trip so whenever I would you know pass somebody I'd look them in the eye and I'd smile and probably 99.9% of the time they would smile back
0: yeah
1: she's adorable
0: that's true is you do realize how many smiles you get back but (laughs) now with masks it's a little more difficult that is more difficult I find myself trying to smile extra hard so they can like see it in my eyes or whatever exactly
1: (laughs) yep Exactly.
0: And that makes me laugh even more because like, I'm like,
3: Oh, can they tell I'm smiling? And then I'm just like, crack myself up. Cause you know, cause I am. <laughs> or do you find it's really cool that if you have your hands full and you yawn, you don't have to cover your mouth. And I swear every time I yawn with a mask on, I, I then
0: laugh because it's like, ah, I got a secret. <laughs> yeah. I am. Um, when, when I was in North Carolina, um, I I was on FaceTime with one of my friends and I was like going to grab a coffee or something and so I was getting ready and I had a beanie on, a mask on and sunglasses on and AirPods in. And I was like, "I look I look like someone I'd be afraid of right now because <laughs> yeah. I just looked like I did not want contact with anyone." And I was like, "No, I'm just cold and it's bright out and I'm wearing a mask, but it makes it makes um like, nonverbal communication a lot more difficult.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Totally. Which is a
0: lot of communication when you're out in public.
1: So, speaking of healthy things, um, I noticed, well, two things. Number one, your juicer's on the way.
0: I know. Mom told me, and I'm so excited.
1: Yeah. So, if you'll recall, if you've been listening to the podcast, Maggie wanted a juicer for Christmas to juice vegetables and fruits, and we got her one, and it's a nice one, and it's on the way to California. So, that's I'm good. so
0: excited. Second
1: thing, roller skates. You posted your first yeah. TikTok yesterday of you in roller skates. How, no. no?
0: I, I've posted a, one before. Fake fan, dad. No. <laughs> oh,
1: okay. Well, that might have been a no. long while ago then.
0: This this was the first time I was, like, really trying a trick, I think. Yeah, yeah no, it, it that's was what a while I mean. ago when I first got it. Are it re- didn't do that well. It's Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, but I, I think it's cool because that's one of your things is you're like, oh, I'm going to try something new that I haven't done and learn. And, and it came out great. I really liked it. I thought it did really well. but um, Thank
0: you. I'm so sore. Are you really? <laughs> you
1: would be. That's why I wanted to talk to you about stretching. You noticed my comment. It's like you've got to yeah. stretch beforehand. I did. <laughs> and in general, flexibility, I think, is a really underrated aspect of health. I'm such a fan of stretching, as you know. I stretch anywhere at any time to the point where, you know, it really is weird, mom would say. Mom would attest <laughs> yep. to that. Um,
0: it's the stretching in public.
1: Stretching in public, but, but I try to do it in such a way it doesn't look like I'm stretching, but it, <laughs> it looks does. like I'm stretching. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I'll be in, in the airport in the MARTA train or in the, um, you know, the train that connects the terminals and yeah. I'm hold the, holding the uh, handrail up here, and then I'm just kind of leaning into it, stretching out my <laughs> shoulders, stretching out my pecs. And then I'll switch hands, and it's like, yeah, nobody knows what I'm doing, right? Nobody
2: knows. Not everybody knows.
1: <laughs> everybody knows. <laughs> or, or on the escalator going up, I, like, work my calves back and forth, like a little calf, a little stretches back and forth. Because you got a long time in Atlanta. It's a very long escalator, you know? So you might as well take advantage of that time. Or if there's nobody ahead of me, I walk up the escalator holding my bags, and I count how many steps I can get in before I mm. get to the top. Forty-five. <laughs> Forty-five is about wow. the max before you start looking really goofy. Oh
0: my gosh! So
1: before
2: people start to pick up that you're doing something a little weird. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, I, you know, I just get over the fact that people think I'm weird. I just presume that Here's they the do, thing, and though, then you know,
0: acting weird in an airport is never something you want to do. <laughs>
1: Why not? It's
0: something he can't help. <laughs> I'll let you think on that one for a bit, well, Dad. Like,
1: like for a thousand, like, you know, the thousand catches rule of like when I was, you know, when I'm adamant about doing a thousand catches with five balls every day, sometimes I have to do that in an airport because that's just the only time I have to do it. Um, I remember
0: that growing up. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, but I don't want to come off as a performer. And so <laughs> I would literally walk into a corner, face the corner and, and juggle and do my <laughs> thousand catches and do some tricks and and then I invariably I'm done and I turn around and there's people watching me. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh and my I gosh! Invisible. Wait, Dad, tell tell about um, traveling with glow juggling balls.
1: Which which time? Oh, the glow juggling ball. So so people Just in general. Me, yeah, so people <laughs> ask me in general. Like, because I, I juggle knives in my speeches and I've got the unicycle and bowling ball and they're like, oh, how do you get through security? Well, as we've already established on this podcast, I ship everything ahead of time except for my bean bags you know, juggling bean bags and my glow balls, which are the lighted juggling balls. Um, those I travel with me because I figure if my case doesn't show up, then at least I have what I need for my speech. And, you know, it's also good for, good for me practicing along the way. Well... The balls themselves, the glow balls, are plastic balls that are filled with (laughs) plastic pellets that have batteries and wiring in them and some, like, electronic Mm -hmm. circuitry. And so they have a mass to them that's unusual because they're full of plastic, and they have this wiring, you know? And so invariably, literally every time I go through security, almost, (laughs) I get stopped. And, in fact, the the TSA screeners have told me, oh, my gosh – these look exactly like, like something we're trained to look for. They told me they yeah. look like, you know, plastic grenades, uh, like explosives. Yeah. And so, um, I was like, oh, okay. And then of course they just dish- <laughs> test them, and then they, you know, then they know it's you okay. juggle
0: for them sometime. Juggling takes the edge off.
1: <laughs> well, you know, again, knowing how to like go through the system. Yeah. Every time I I go th- before I go through the scanner, I open them up, I turn them all on, and as I catch somebody's eye, I usually say to them. Those are glow-in-the-dark juggling balls or those are lighted juggling balls. And then, you yeah. know, that's just kind of like, huh, what? And then they see them, and then you always see this expression in their face where they're like, like, you know, <laughs> we we are looking at something here that's not normal. And then they yeah. call over someone, and they, then they generally screen them, and, and I they say, what are these again? And I tell them, and then, you know, by the time I'm done, I would say three out of every ten times they say, could you show us? Or I just – or I just do yeah. it. I'm just like, here, let me show you. And,
0: and you've said before, we've had the conversation where it's like you said almost every time they stop you. And the yes. times they don't stop you, it's like
1: then you everybody should be paying attention? Exactly. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> exactly right.
0: So do you, do you have some questions? Yeah, I
1: was going to ask. And so, so the first is a, a fun question that I thought we could bounce around the room like you can answer awesome. it for me, I'll answer it for you, and then maybe Eddie and Mom can answer it for each other, something like that. Mm-hmm. But this is a question from Ellie. It's a super simple question. What is your go-to snack? So,
3: who wants to go first? Or guess each other's.
1: Yeah, yeah
2: that's what I think that's what we are doing.
1: So, I'm going to do what I was oh I say, know
0: I know dads oh I, I know all you I know Eddies yeah.
1: I think I know all of y'all's too okay, this wait, be wait, wait. So okay wait, wait wait interesting so you go first I say
0: dads what? on the count of three I'll say dads on three yes okay ready yes one two three cashews. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> we cashews, got two cashews, cashews and one
1: dried kale. Did you say dried kale? <laughs> the kale chips?
2: Yeah, kale chips. That's it. Kale Those chips are good. Are good. <laughs> oh my
0: gosh, okay. funny story guys. I know this is like <laughs> this is this is super quick. I ha- still have a burn on my arm from kale chips that I talked about like months ago on this podcast and they had to cover it up on set because it it, it looks really bad. Like it it looks like in a weird spot. Mm-hmm. Um And every time someone asks me, they're like, how'd you get it? And I say, kale chips. That's it. So sorry for the interruption. We can move on now.
1: (laughs) I have the same burn, by the way. Really? Yeah. I think from the same thing. But um, anyway. Okay. So let's do. So you said we got two cashews, one kale chips. I would have said cashews, too. That was probably right. Like, I literally can't can't walk into the uh, pantry without eating a few cashews.
3: Okay. I think we all know. Eddie's, right? Let's go so, with Eddie's. Yeah, you okay. ready? Right. Three,
0: two,
2: two, three. Takis. Talkies. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Ding, ding, ding. You guys Okay.
0: Got it. You ready for moms?
1: I oh. think so. I think I know moms.
0: I got moms. Yeah. You
3: ready?
2: Yep. No, I mean, I, yep. I, I, mean <laughs>
0: I think you know Eddie. Yes, you do. Okay. Three, this two, one. Trail mix. Trail mix. Serious.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. Trail mix. Yeah, trail mix or granola bar. Either
1: she does the um,
2: Yeah.
3: So in bar form or in loose form. Yep.
1: Yes. I'm and especially the tra- the omega 3 trail mix mixed in with mini m ms that she mixes her own ratio and she's got her own special trail mix.
2: And mom's also the only other person that eats takis, so I always like I, I, I want to say takis, but I know do it's not sometimes.
3: But I can That's only true. eat like five, and I eat them in like three little bites each. So it's like fifteen little bites of takis, and I. Like, right?
1: Okay, <laughs> yeah. so, so that leaves Maggie. Maggie, and I have two answers for Maggie. But we should do the same thing. You ready, guys? You
0: think I'm not ready.
3: Let's okay, see.
1: they're thinking. They're thinking.
0: See, I don't even really know. I feel I like do. I have a lot of different go tos. Okay, well, so great. <laughs>
2: Well,
1: okay. Do you want to do it at one, two, three, or just each say our own? I guess. Let's let's do one, two, three. Okay. Okay. yeah, You guys count down. One, two, three. Cheese Cheese quesadilla. Yeah, (laughs) and you know, I got it. I just think
0: about Maggie always making a coffee, which is not a snack. Oh, you said coffee. No, here were a few of the different, oh my gosh, totally cheese quesadilla (laughs) when I was growing up. Yes. Um, See, now I'm trying to be more vegan, so I don't have that all the time. Um, But... Yes, iced coffee is definitely a good one, Mom. Um, <laughs> the other one is—I was going to
1: say—is fruit. Because... I was—I
0: was thinking about fruit as well, especially here. I feel like I eat fruit a lot because since it's just me, it'll spoil easy. So I like try and eat it as much. Um, and the other idea I had was a, a cream cheese and tomato bagel.
3: I was going to say that. I was going to yep. say that, but I knew the vegan thing. I was like, well, maybe she's not eating so much.
0: But. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, I haven't I haven't really been eating that as much lately either. But cheese quesadilla, oh my goodness, I would have so many of those growing up. I remember...
1: It was the first thing you'd learn to cook and then you were like, I don't need to learn to cook anything else.
2: I yeah, loved nope. it too. I'd like smell... Because I'd smell you making them and then I'd just like walk into the kitchen and just be like... And ah, I'd be like, Eddie, Eddie you want one? You know and <laughs> I'd be like, oh, d- me? Oh, <laughs> i guess <laughs> exactly
0: <laughs> Same. I, I, knew I knew that was timing was always everybody. a little a little sus was yeah. very generous <laughs> well i mean i had everything out um no i remember my next door neighbor and i used to make cheese quesadillas all the time and we would do this thing called a cheese salad why the heck did we call it that all it would be was like We'd put a little bit of the shredded cheese just on the pan, and we would just fry the cheese and be like, oh, it's a cheese salad. (laughs) 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 What? Not salad at all. That was a good question.
1: Yeah, that was a really good question. Okay, thank you, Ellie, for that. This next one um, is a little bit long, and it's mostly for me, but I think it's going to spur a good conversation for all of us. Hi, my name is Ariel. I'm from Argentina, currently working in Kuwait, and I've been a professional magician and mentalist for several years now. For work reasons, I travel the world doing shows, and although I really love what I do, many times I feel empty for not being able to find the balance between what I do and being away from my family and friends. I know that money is not everything, but it's difficult to say no to these opportunities. My question is, the way I see my work when I perform people give me something so beautiful, their time. And I use this time to give a message in each of my shows and feel it's important as an artist to be able to give that back to them. How would you recommend I become a motivational speaker to spread my positive message? Thanks so much. Your podcast makes my, make my weeks much happier, and you help me a lot to be a better person. Lots of love to, to all of you. Ariel. Wow. Yes, that's isn't that that's a cool radiation. story? And, yeah, and and so what I was thinking about, um, Ariel, is I can so identify with your situation, all of it, like being torn between being with the ones you love and doing the work that you love, and and just treating your work with a sense of artistry and beauty. That's you know, it's the dignity that you bring to it, and others perceive that on some level. Some of them are going to get it, like totally get it. People who see life similar to the way you do will see what you put in. And others are just affected by it differently because of the intention that you put into your work. Um, It's kind of like, you know, when you think about artistry and musicianship or whatever, it's like there's some people who can only perceive it at one level. It's either they like it, they don't like it, or they notice something about it. But then the real artists, the ones who put themselves and all their passion into their art form, they're the ones who appreciate the other artists who do the same thing. And so you, you keep being one of those artists. Second thing I'd say about um, motivation, motivation, and there, there is a path toward like a market for motivational speaking, which kind of puts you in that same cycle again. It's like, all right, now how do I find gigs? And now I'm away from my family and all this. Instead, what I would do if I were you, which is what I did in my own life, is I just started doing it. Like if you have an opportunity to, to do a show do something in the show that's uplifting and motivational and message driven. And you know what? That's what I did to, to learn those skills, to develop the comfort with a message for myself. And to, you know, and no one ever complained. No one ever said, we hired you to do a show, and that was just too, too darn motivational. No, it's mm-hmm. like they were like, they just got something extra. They didn't know what they were gonna get. And so I gave them a little something extra of myself. And I found that that's really what resonated. And those repetitions of experimenting safely in my own little world with it is what gave me great confidence later to say, yeah, that's the the thing that I do. Now, I'd open this up to all of you and say, you can do the same thing. It doesn't matter what your job is. It doesn't matter where you go to school or like whatever, you can become more of that type of person who brings something positive and uplifting and the world needs you. Like the world needs people like you who are out there, who are saying things that are kind, saying things, you know, noticing the empathy of others that are, when people are cutting in front of you, airport, in airports, mm-hmm. you know, you're the one who's extending them some grace and some latitude. And so I, that's, that's why I think this podcast matters. Not because we want you guys to be motivational speakers, but because we're trying to live life at a higher level, right?
0: Yeah, no, what what I had to add to that, and, and obviously you have more expertise on the ma- motivational aspect, but don't underestimate where your motivation and where your influence starts from. Um, like, yes, it, if you want to be a motivational speaker, that will lead you onto stages in front of audiences and all that. But don't underestimate its vast audience. You know, even even like. <laughs> I know I know I make a lot of TikToks, but like motivation on TikTok and motivation in your personal life and every encounter that you have. Like my dad said, like just start doing it, like working it into different places. Um
1: collecting smiles.
0: Yeah, I, I love that you brought back up the airport because I, I, I didn't mention this earlier, but I will f I do find that in airports, I've gotten really good at catching myself when I get really annoyed at things. And when I want to retaliate by being the annoyance to other people that they are, that I'm perceiving from them and like catching myself and being like, okay, how is that productive to anyone in this? And kind of just like incorporating those things in your daily life, I guess.
1: Yeah. Like the, you know, the, the, one of those factors that came to mind when you said that was when people complain because they suddenly realize they have to do a mechanical inspection on the plane like we noticed something might be wrong with this plane so we're going to just check that before we fly and some people get really upset they're like how dare you we have to leave right now (laughs) like, please check it out (laughs) yeah no absolutely i totally agree got anything over there from the production table
2: nope (laughs) no i think those were some great answers for a great question and well done well done yeah yeah
3: (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs>
2: bravo, bravo, bravo. <laughs> We're
0: having so much fun I love having full family podcasts I think it creates a really good dynamic
1: Yeah, we should take advantage of this Opportunity while Eddie's here Before he, who knows Runs
0: away from home again I think he- all of you should should move in with me in California I may <laughs> live in a studio apartment But we could make it work, guys
1: Oh, we could totally make it work
0: And the dogs? Oh. Yes, no, absolutely. Bring the dogs. Oh my gosh, guys, guys, I have a plant.
1: Oh, I thought you were gonna say you got a dog. You got a plant. No. Congratulations! Um, it only took you yeah. like three months from when you mentioned it,
0: and it was kind of an accident. Because here's the thing: we went we went to Sprouts to get some ingredients, and Blythe said we need fresh basil. And for a long time, we couldn't find fresh basil, and then we found a fresh basil plant, and that it was eventually we did find fresh cut basil, but they were the same price. And I was like, you know what? I think this is the time for me to take the responsibility as a plant mother, as an expectant plant mother for months on this podcast to really adopt that responsibility. And so Kendra now lives with me. Um, and she's a basil plant. And You eat her. (laughs) And I eat her. Yes. (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) Because I also water her and give her love.
1: (laughs) That's Nice. nice. Very good. Maybe you can follow and and get her some siblings, you know.
0: No, I literally had that thought. I was like, I don't want her to be lonely. And I have to remind myself that she's a plant.
1: I was thinking I was thinking of some parsley, some rosemary. Rosemary's easy to grow.
3: Rosemary's
0: easy. Can you guys see it? I just I
3: just brought the plant. Oh, we got the plant. (laughs) Oh,
0: nice. If you're watching the YouTube
1: version. That's a healthy looking basil plant right there.
0: Oh. I, I spilled some dirt on me. You should put it in a bigger pot. Actually,
3: putting it in the ground, if I put it in the ground, it, it, they can survive. When I keep them inside in pots, um, eventually they die.
1: Is that something I should ask my landlord about? Yeah, you should probably ask her where she'd want you to put it. Yeah. But, but then you need <laughs> another house plant.
0: Well, this has been a great podcast. Yeah, this
1: has I've been really a I've really enjoyed
0: this. All right, Bye. <laughs> <laughs>
1: we're done (laughs) i don't want it to end but i guess it will and so let's just say ladies and gentlemen thank you for the questions today and there's a lot of other questions that you know what i've been doing maggie is i go through them and if we don't use them on the air sometimes i answer them personally and Mm -hmm. uh, just to make sure you guys feel the love and and i try to do that with as many as i can so if you want to reach out to us go to wholesomechaos.com and you can ask your questions And or just give us a topic you want us to talk about or just send in your comments about the show. We read them all. And we really appreciate all of you just making this a part of your lives and tuning in. And it's just so incredibly special. Um, If this means a lot to you, please do us a couple of favors and follow us or subscribe to the podcast so that you're getting notifications and you don't miss any episodes. And secondly, tell someone else, tell a friend, spread the word and spread the positive influence that you're feeling with other people as well.
0: If you guys want to follow us on our other socials, it is Dan Thurman on everything except for TikTok. He is Maggie's dad123. I am Maggie Thurman on everything. My brother is the Eddie Thurman on Instagram, Eddie underscore Thurman on Twitch, which you should go check him out on. And my mom doesn't want you to follow her. <laughs>
1: <laughs> she barely wants me to follow her. But that's okay.
0: <laughs> but she's she's awesome. And so if you want to keep up with my mom, you just got to keep listening to the podcast. Um, but thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I hope you guys tune back in next week.
1: I love you, Maggie. Love you, Dad. Love you, Eddie. Love, love you, you. honey. We
0: love you, guys. A lot of love going on.
1: And we love you, everyone. Take care. Have a great week. And
0: Bye. and Looking at this new house plant, it's like these really like exotic mushrooms, but you can only buy them on like certain street corners of LA. <laughs> no honey.
1: Oh. No. With the basil,
0: the rosemary, yeah. the cilantro.
1: <laughs> you don't even like mushrooms. I don't even. That's true. I don't even like mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs>